This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. To deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. The border is closed. We have effectively managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens seeking to enter the United States. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, our, our border is secure. Diana Presley, Alejandro Mayorkos, and Corinne Jean-Pierre. The border is secure. We've been telling you for months, here's why these things matter. Uh, we've talked even prior to what happened in Israel. You know, it's, it's not just South Americans that are coming across the border. It's not just fentanyl that then makes its way to mid-Missouri and kills kids. It's not just the fentanyl that's coming across the border. It's not just human trafficking of women and men and children. It's not just that. It's terrorists who make their way into South America and then come through that secure border. And now, it re- well, it matters the whole time, but it matters even more. Now, uh, Border Patrol saying, hey, uh, we're issuing warnings. We are concerned about what has the potential to cross through the border with Hamas and other terrorists. Which, by the way, has, has been a, that's not a new concern. That's something we've been concerned about for a while. It's not a concern, and I think the number of folks like on a watch list and that we're concerned about that they've even identified has been vastly increased over the last several years. And now, you know, what's, I think maybe smart on the part of the Biden administration, but frustrating is that he's got this new package out where he wants to give more money to Israel, more money to Ukraine, and and has sweetened the deal with a little bit of border money in there, which I think a lot of us are like, finally, we need some money down at the border. But I think we're going to see some folks move to separate that vote because I think people disagree um, about money overseas and money right here at home at the border. It's a good thing we're flush with cash and we can dole it out to other countries, huh, John? Yeah, (laughs) we're doing all right. Everything here at home is good. So let's just let's take money out of producer Hannah's wallet and let's give it to other countries. Have you made that first student loan payment yet? (laughs) Yeah, it's going straight to Ukraine. Uh, So Biden is saying, so I'll make you a deal. Uh, You give us money uh, to give to other countries and then we'll take money and we'll put it to the border, you know, to protect our country. I'll only protect our country if. You give me what I want. And what I want is I want to take Brian Houseworth and John uh, Marsh's money. I want to take your money and give it to other countries. If you give me your money and what I want, then maybe I'll think about protecting our very own country by increasing border security. Incidentally, increasing border security does not necessarily mean just building a wall. A lot of folks on the left say, well, they want to build a wall. That's part of it. It's part of it. A lot of things we would like to do to secure the border. And it's not just securing the border. It's securing our country. We see the problems, man. The number of PO Democrats in Chicago. Uh, These folks are showing up to meetings and say, why are you taking our taxpayer money and giving it to folks that are in this country illegal? We we have problems here with Chicagoans. We have problems here with Illinoisans, who, by the way, and we're all folks here in these country in this country we're, we're Americans but you you want to take our money and continue to give it to folks and god bless the human aspect of it i understand that however we're also humans let's take care of us first and some of the people that are saying that are in the inner cities uh, that's that's been reported not on msnbc uh, their 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 viewers wouldn't know that but uh, that has certainly certainly happened as well there's a there's a statistic we had in a story last week about a columbia man uh that ties in with what you're talking about 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 drugs other stuff like that fentanyl in boone county right now columbia missouri boone county rank in the top 10 that's verified that number was never released publicly by the federal prosecutors until last week with the sentencing of the Columbia guy that was admitted in open court he was dealing fentanyl here in town 
and had ties to St. Louis and Kingdom City. Court documents are very vague, but ten, top 10, Columbia doesn't say which which of the, the 10. I would assume probably in the middle of the pack, probably fifth, based on the numbers. And I also noticed in that release, the DEA is involved in that case, too. Yeah. As a matter of fact, several months ago, so I know for sure there are at least 25 deaths mm-hmm. because of fentanyl in Boone County. Spent some time trying to get numbers from, from like Cole and Osage and uh, Monotaw and Howard, other counties, and never just never had success in getting the numbers of fentanyl overdoses, largely kids. And when I say kids, people 25, 30, and under. That's right. Fentanyl comes from China, gets into South America, and then comes across what Alejandro Mayorkos, Ayanna Presley, and President Biden calls a secure border, and then it kills kids here. And I want to ask this. Uh, Hannah, when 9-11 happened, how old were you? Uh, I was, like, not even a year and a half old. Yeah. And I bring this up because... Steph, how old were you, roughly? I'm not asking you to give your age. I was a freshman in college. Freshman in college. Mm-hmm. So you, and you were intelligent anyway, already had some political acumen. So you understood the ramifications of what was happening surrounding 9-11, and you understood the fear. Remember what that fear oh. was like, John, in the days following the attacks on 9-11? It was crushing. It was all-encompassing. It changed. It, it changed Everything, and I'm not exaggerating. So, if you're younger, or or that you were a kid during that time and didn't really understand what what was going on, I want to impress upon you the magnitude, the effect of what that did, and what the fear was like, and how many things have changed. You go to an airport now and go through TSA. We didn't have TSA Mm-mm. at that time. There's no such thing. All right, a lot of things that happened were because of what happened on 9/11. And I bring that up because a lot of these younger folks, Hannah, producer Hannah excluded, by the way, uh, young conservative, and we've always appreciated her for that. But a lot of these younger folks, these people that uh, that vote Democrat and they vote for Joe Biden, they have no concept about the potential of what could happen now because of the porous border. And that because of rainbows and unicorns, people like Joe Biden, well, we don't need to worry about the border. It's a humanitarian crisis. We want to help these people. Yes, we do want to help these people. But can we and put ourselves at risk on the level like we did following the events of September the 11th? No. And that's the challenge is a lot of these younger people. So I don't know. What would you have to be? 35 and under? Maybe to maybe not fully grasp what it was like to be an adult or to have some political acumen, understand what was happening, and then have September the 11th hit, and to understand the magnitude of how much that changed our lives, and that could happen again. By the way, this could happen again even prior to what happened in Israel. That could have happened anyway because of the porous border, and now uh, Border Patrol issuing an alert saying, hey, with what's happening on a worldwide stage, we need to be even more carefuler now. Yeah, the day the day was just uh, absolutely horrible. Uh, but there are a lot of young people. I mean, you know, uh, you and I would have been twenty nine at thirty at the time. Um, you know, uh, probably those that are forty and older absolutely would remember it. There's some that would be close to thirty that you know would not remember it as well, uh, or would have been much younger. But uh, those images of people jumping out of buildings still are in my head. God awful. So that day, but then just the lives that we lived after that, and it seriously, well, I try to never live my life in fear, but that was a constant 24-7 nonstop living in fear because we didn't now, we live life differently today. But at that time, and for a long time afterwards, by the way, we didn't know. And then there have been other terrorist-related events that have happened on American soil since then. But 
the way we lived. Right. We are potentially that close to that again, and it's because of Joe Biden. So to your Democrat friends and to folks that voted for Biden, I hope you politely have those conversations with them today and say, listen, here's the reality of what could happen. And, and, and two points about that that folks w- won't remember. Um, Osama bin Laden, when he, uh, I believe, was the USS Cole in 1998 that was before the 9-11 attacks, we later learned, Brandon, that from federal prosecutors, Osama bin Laden's people purchased that phone for the USS Cole mm-hmm. attack in Columbia, Missouri. Yep. Very few people remember that. That's that's a fact. As Casey Stengel would say, look it up. Uh, but also, uh, Governor Bob Holden told me later on the record that they, they were at Callaway Nuclear and at, at Bagnell Dam. They were on yep. a lo- the highest alert because they were worried it was going to happen here. But there was a lot of worry there was going to be another attack. It turned out there wasn't. But it was just a very, very troubling time. And I think one of the things that you can just see it now in that people didn't experience that. It, and we didn't use the term back then. But if you would have said the... Uh, if you would have said anything like America first in the five years after 9-11, people would have been like, yes, a hundred. There would be no question. It would be, yes, America first all the way. Yeah. I can't say on air how people would respond to, uh, you know, if we would have used that term. That's America. not a term. Yeah. yeah. It's not a term we used back then, really. I, you know, but now the way that people respond to that when they hear America first, I'm like, how dare you think of America first? You know, we have to think about all these other things. Um, and so I think the way that people respond to that reminds me that not everyone did live through that and that time because I still feel very strongly about America first. By the way, so remember how the world kind of changed in the days afterwards? I think about the white powder scares at the Missouri State Capitol right in the the governor's own mail room and all that when they had to call out the hazmat folks you know the world changed it changed and we could potentially be on the verge of that again and it's directly at the feet of joe biden and the people he surrounds himself with in the white house my favorite talking point is this is not a talking point (laughs) uh these are real things that is how this affects you i'm being affected by the united auto workers strike one of steph's friends being affected by the united now the auto workers strike because they want more money and less they want to work less, want to make more money. Now it's effect. Now I'm really upset about these things. We are covering that. And in the House, they want to do like Joe Biden. There are some folks saying, hey, if we do this, then will you do this for us as they continue? What was your reaction to Friday, the Jim Jordan night? Oh, my gosh. I just can't. I'm over it. Let's just pick somebody. How many people are on this new list? Nine? How many people are in the Senate? (laughs) Well, we're not stopping until we go through all 217 or 218 possibilities of who could be Speaker of the House. At this point, let's just draw straws. (laughs) I was kind of sad that nobody from Missouri was on the list, honestly. Right? Um, By the way, I had to laugh at Howlsworth. He said, uh, as Casey Stengel would say, look it up. I used that phrase yesterday. I was having a discussion about, do you grate your cheese or do you buy shredded cheese? I never use shredded cheese because I shred it off the block. It tastes better. And then they don't coat it in... uh, in, uh, um, Cellulose? uh, Cellulose, which comes from wood. Sawdust, in effect. (laughs) And I showed them, like, you see the white stuff on that shredded, pre-shredded cheese? That's comes from wood. I'm sorry, but I have a hard time picturing you grating your own cheese. Oh no. Yeah, I I do it. I'll absolutely I never I never buy it. But anyhow, I use the phrase look it up. Coming up eight ten this morning. We have a family meeting.
Uh, if you listen to the show, make sure you're here at 810. I don't know if you want to call it a... Hey, Someone's say, in trouble. Somebody's Uh-oh. in trouble, John. And we're going to... And we're not stopping... Not me again, is it? Until we get to the bottom of this. Please join us, 810 this morning. If you listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri, you're a member of the Wake Up Mid-Missouri family, so you need to be here for this family meeting this morning at 810. Meanwhile, we're getting ready for the daily DC rundown with... This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. First, we got to get back to work immediately. We have to uh, get these appropriation bills done. We must secure our border. Uh, if we're going to continue government funding, the border must be secured. And the White House has to realize that and take us seriously. Byron Donald, Republican congressman from the state of Florida on Fox and Friends, just moments ago saying, hey, I want to be House Speaker. How about me? And look at that on the wheel. Oh, yep, he's next. That gets us into today's Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. There's a lot of new people on the list. Hopefully they learn from last week after uh, Jim Jordan uh, did not get elected. He um, There was a significant pressure campaign um, done by the Jordan folks. And, you know, sometimes you can persuade people and other times when they get backed into a corner, uh, they dig in. And that's what happened um, last week with Jim Jordan. So hopefully this new list of folks, uh, we get some movement. Um, a lot of folks are talking about Immer um, and he isn't currently in leadership. Um, but a lot of folks now are saying he's got a Trump problem, that he has gotten crossways with Trump. Other people are saying maybe that's just the folks that don't like Immer are kind of drumming up this Trump controversy. Um, but he appears to be kind of one of the leading candidates. And now I'm wondering, would that matter? Because remember, Trump endorsed Jordan, as did Sean Hannity, who's here today at 2 o'clock. That did not help Jim Jordan. Meanwhile, we've got Biden proposing a lot of money while the uh, huh. while yeah the House is in chaos. Um, he's trying to convince us that, you know, in order to get our border money, we have to approve money for Ukraine and money for Israel. There's $106 billion total in his spending package. Only $14 billion uh, would go toward the border. And I really, Dan Crenshaw, I really like this guy. He had this to say. He said the border has never been a money issue. It has always been a policy issue. And, you know, throwing money at a problem when you don't have a good policy isn't going to help. I mean, he didn't say this, but this is me. Um, you know, isn't going to... I'm surmising. Yeah, isn't going to help things. And, you know, we see that all the time. Politicians are like, oh, let's just throw some money at that. And you're like, what's the plan? We have to have a plan. It has to be, you know, the right policy. And so I'm glad Crenshaw is saying, you know, hey, I do. I think we need more resources at the border. But first, we need a good policy and a good plan. So I I really appreciate those comments. Also, we're learning more about Bob Menendez. Yikes. He's going to plead not guilty. His um, his fellow conspirators or alleged conspirators um, were pled, I think, not guilty last week. I did find this interesting. I was kind of wondering, with this new charge, what exactly he did. He's accused of passing information to the Egyptians about the staff at the U.S. Embassy in Cairo. He also is accused of ghostwriting a letter on Egypt's behalf. Intent... Oh intending to influence fellow senators and urging the State Department to get involved in this dispute that Egypt was involved in. Can you imagine writing a letter to your colleagues, you know, on behalf of, and being like, just sign Love Egypt, even though you <laughs> you wrote it? Oh my yes. gosh. Love ya. Uh, and, see, and that's why, again, I hope you, uh, and I, I, I know I, I talk about it a lot, but this is why when you have these conversations with folks that are politically opposed to you, these progressives, liberals, and Democrats, it's another Democrat writing letters allegedly on behalf of a country that's not a big fan of us. Uh, and you tie that into the Bidens, whether it's Hunter and Joe taking money from countries because it's money from countries from people that want to do you harm. I hope you politely share those conversations with folks that 
think they are Democrats. Awful. Well, we know uh, we might be voting on an abortion initiative petition uh, in 2024. Some states are voting this year. That includes Ohio. Ohio has a measure on the ballot. Um, the folks out there campaigning uh, against it are saying that it's going to allow partial birth abortions. Um, others are disputing that claim, saying there's no way that the state could override the federal ban on partial birth abortions. But it's all coming down and and getting really heated. Um, and hopefully, I, you know, I think for us it matters because, you know, we kind of saw what happened in Kansas now, what, two years ago. I think what happens in states this year will really kind of outline how we might see that, m- that measure messaged in Missouri going forward and what might work. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 29 yards to the transfer from Oklahoma. He scored on 26 straight red zone attempts. Make it 27. Touchdown. How about that big day for Mizzou running back Cody Schrader? Mizzou 7-1 homecoming weekend. How cool is that? Mizzou 7-1. I think they are ranked 15th in the... Uh, 16th. 16th. Is that the, the highest... Did you just get fact-checked by Stephanie Bell on a sports stat? I was just looking it up because I was trying to remember. Is that, like, when was the last time they were ranked that high? Has it, have, since you've... It's, yeah, not since uh, the past eight years that I've been a part of Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, by the way, big announcement coming up 810 this morning. Family meeting is what we're calling it. Be here at uh, at 810. There's Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Mr. John Marsh, you get a chance to sit down and watch the game for a bit? Oh, yeah. I was hanging out with our buddy uh, Tyler Huffman from Jefferson City, who combat wounded Marine. Mm. Folks know Tyler, and he was named Hero of the Game on Saturday. That was really cool. And then we got to do some high school. And by the way, how about Jefferson City High beating a 7-1, or was it 6-1, 7-1 Moberly squad on a feel-good Friday night? Wow. Happy homecoming. (laughs) Happy homecoming for them. There's producer Hannah. Hello. My name is Brandon Rathert. Uh, Mr. Brian Houseworth is uh, is here, too. One of the big things that came out in the the parade, which was uh, interesting. Can I, while we're fact-checking, can I offer a fact-check here, too, on the enunciation of a word? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. No, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Uh, Stephanie Bell and I honored... To, um, to again be a part of the homecoming parade, first homecoming parade in the nation, some 150 entries. So if my voice sounds a little scratchy this one, I've been sipping on this throat. It's called throat coat. I hate the name, by the way, but its specialty is called throat coat. Why do you hate the name? Just because I'm 16 sometimes. Co- they make, I, I don't get it. They make cough drops, too, and they are so good. Yeah. So I've been eating Hall's cough drops and drinking uh, throat coat tea all week. Does your throat feel adequately coated? <laughs> it's getting there. I need more. Uh, but it's actually, some. if you're ever sick, or it's seriously, it's, and I don't know, because we were just talking about this, I think, on Friday, those medical remedies that people think work but don't really work, like drinking cranberry juice when you have a UTI doesn't work unless you're drinking. Hair of the dog. Yeah, hair of the dog, which um, can, in my experience, that would use that would use to work. The idea of drinking chicken noodle soup being that effective on a cold might make you feel a little better because it's hot soup and it can clear your passageways. But that's then when I get to wondering about... Uh, I think that stuff works. I never heard of it till I started joining the Wake Up family. And yeah. it was y'all who told me, said, hey, if you're not feeling great, drink this stuff. And man, I think it's it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and Brad Trinago, Wake Up Mid-Missouri family member for a lot of years now, does his stuff with Mizzou Sports. He was the one that turned me on to it. And when he turned me on to it, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> I really think it works. Mm-hmm. Or it's the pl- placebo uh, no. effect. 
Uh, parade was really cool. 150 entries. Want to thank everybody for coming by and saying hello. And big event happening in the parade. Want to take yeah. out as it affects politics. Want to get into that. But I want to tell you a story about a young lady by the name of uh, Anne. So Anne, husband, I think at least one child. Hang, so. Hanging out pre-parade, and they're set up not far from where Stephanie Bell and I are set up there by City Hall in Columbia. It's at Broadway and uh, 9th Street. And she's just there. She's got the kid and the husband, and they're getting ready for the parade. And they've got their sack, you know, for the candy that they're going to take home. And they've got cell phones out, and they're taking pictures. Uh, next thing this Ann Tedgerdine knows, she is sitting on stage next to me and Stephanie Bell. Or she is sitting next to Stephanie Bell and I. <laughs> Or myself. Anyhow, wow. she's sitting up on oh. us. Us. <laughs> she's sitting up on stage with us. And we were kind of curious about what had happened. They had asked her to be a judge. And she had no idea that morning that she was going to be a judge. And so she graciously accepted and filled in. And this judging stuff is serious. I mean, there is a binder. There are, like, score sheets. I mean, it is not easy work. Um, so while her uh, family got to, like, enjoy the parade, she was up there, you know, scribbling, uh, giving all giving all the scores. So we, I, don't think, I don't think I ever heard who, who necessarily won. But we had three wonderful judges up there with us. We met listener Paul, um, which, Paul, if you're listening, you said you're going to text us today. So we, we look forward to that um but it was it was just a great parade the weather was fantastic um but you know things happen right so i'm not mm-hmm. sure who exactly didn't yeah. show up but that's i do want to give a shout out to the students because they have a you know homecoming at mizzou not only you know the theme this year was first and finest and they really do a great job and a lot of it is student-led and so you know our primary interactions are with the students who are planning this huge parade scripts floats, you know, changing logistics, all of these things. And they just do a really, um, you know, I've been involved in events run by adults that is not that well run. So it is a good opportunity uh, for the house (laughs) in Washington, (laughs) D.C. Right. (laughs) But obviously a good opportunity for students to learn leadership and to interact with community members. And I think they just did a phenomenal job uh, this weekend and represented the university well. Yeah. Uh, By the way, there was some news regarding the house over the weekend. So we know Friday old news by now. Uh, Now it's Jim Jordan. Jordan is not the guy, but check this out. Here's one of the things that did happen over the weekend. So Matt Gates and uh, the Matt Gates Eights, I guess, as they're being called, they wrote a, a, a letter to their fellow congressmen, and basically the gist of the letter says, uh, "Hey, this has caused some problems. <laughs> no kidding." <laughs> So apparently they didn't have the foresight. They thought somebody was going to be elected right away, and they were wrong. I think as a lot of us knew, it was not going to be that easy. But uh, so is what they're saying is basically uh, if you give us what we want, as like Joe Biden, uh, if you give me what I want, which is more money for Ukraine and uh, Israel, then I'll give you conservatives what you want, and that is more money at the border. And I think Stephanie brings up a good point. Money's fine, but let's have a good policy yeah so that's what matt gates and them are doing now say listen uh if you vote for jim jordan we will give you what we want uh or we'll give you what you want you want to punish us a little bit right so we'll accept censure if you give us what we want which is jim jordan not uh, gonna work not gonna work and then another congress they firing off letters this weekend man uh congressman tom mcclintock uh, sent off kind of a real snarky letter he he did. He I don't understand this letter, actually. What are they doing? He says, your letter of October 20th, in which you graciously offer to murder yourselves as long as you can get your way, is perhaps the most 
selfless act in American history. It's hard to read facetiousness in print. I was certain that our Republican colleagues who refused to vote with the Republican majority would have been inspired by your stirring example of party discipline and loyalty to vote with the team as you so eloquently phrased it. And they said maybe one day a messiah will come along of your um, stature. So basically he's given a middle finger uh, to the other letter. How is this helping? How is any of this helping? That's what I want to know. So closer to home, the other big thing that happened in the homecoming parade, State Senator Caleb Rowden making a big announcement during the parade. He will be running for Secretary of State. And John, the I was, street talk was true. Uh, <laughs> did you, did anybody? Apparently, there was a uh, somebody dressed as a witch on a bicycle trailing <laughs> Caleb's uh, team the whole time. Uh, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Caleb, he has a very close family relationship. His mom uh, and his dad especially very involved kind of within his career from his time uh, being involved with the church, being part of a Christian uh, uh, rock band. They're always very involved. They were in the parade with him. But then there's this witch. And I, I actually did not see it because of Stephanie and I where I'm seeing it. It's incredibly busy, by the way, because I get this, too. And all of a sudden I feel the need to, oh, so you just sit and announce floats? Yeah, that's all. We did. How many floats were there again? 150 plus. Yeah. And the order is usually last minute changes and you got to sift through and then you'll get some of these. The float comes by like eight, 10 seconds, but you got a 38 second descriptor. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, what? And they're not always really well marked. So, and you don't want to call people out of order. So you're like, is that this? So you're kind of like, is that the right person? I don't want to. Anyway, so I did a lot. Yeah. Apparently there was a witch, uh, following the Caleb Browden, um, campaign and apparently there was a sign. I didn't see it. Don't know what the sign say. I don't know. 874 if you can text us. Yeah. We had a good authority that the witch looked just like state senator denny hoskins <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about that though because who else is in the secretary of state uh race and we did hear that caleb Rowden had raised quite a bit of money um i think in the last uh quarter so he comes in i think as the leader with cash on hand yep. according to what i'm looking at but we've got shane Scholler, who is he's from like green county springfield mm-hmm. and he's been in he was at Cole County Lincoln Days last year as a Secretary of State candidate. He's been in for a while. He serves as the county clerk, has a lot of experience with elections. Um, but then Denny Hoskins is also in. He's got, I believe, the next most money um, next to Caleb. Um, obviously, hat a former member or the a member of the caucus formerly known as the Conservative Caucus. Um, and then Adam Schwadron uh, has also declared and he um, trails as far as the money goes. John, and the one thing I'm wondering, um, Jay Ashcroft, has he made the secretary, and Jay Ashcroft, uh, in my opinion, has done some very important work in the Secretary of State's office. Uh, has anybody been more impactful in that office in recent years when it comes to things like, hey, supporting the voter ID and making sure elections are secure? I'm trying to think, has anybody been more impactful in the past 15 to 20 years? Well, I think, you know, and uh, not to defend Jay, Jay kind of took it on the chin from some of our lawmakers for and their accusations was he was insinuating himself in the debate at the Capitol where he didn't belong. Yeah, there was uh, there was some of that. Um, and and here's the, I always wonder about that when you have somebody in elected office doing other things. Is it point of privilege? Well, I'm an office holder. I can do this. Or also, 
I'm also a voter. I'm also a registered voter in the state of Missouri, and I have a wife and I have kids, and what happens impacts them too. So yeah, I'm getting involved. I see both sides of it. I think we've heard from Scott Fawn before that he he appreciated Jay Ashcroft inserting himself into these debates, and you kind of wonder, well, if you're having a debate in your state house over election laws and your chief election officer isn't weighing in, then like, what are we doing here, right? It makes sense that he, he should or, or would have an opinion. I think part of the blowback was uh, when they had people, citizens showing up and driving to Jefferson City and lining up, that he was kind of eating up time in these hearings um, when maybe he could have sent a letter or, you know, somehow d- allow the citizens to have their time. And, and that's where a lot of the pushback from the Democrats came. And Scott Vaughn, who has the publication Missouri Times, hosts the television show This Week in Missouri Politics. Uh, man, he knows Missouri politics. He's joining us 710 this morning. This might be one of the topics we are going to be covering. 810, we have a family meeting. If you listen, you listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri, you're part of the Wake Up Mid-Missouri family. We have something that we wanted to pass along to you at 810. So even if you're not at your radio, when you get into work, you can get online, 939theeagle.com or kwos.com, and you can click front page. It's like a big red button that Hannah has put there. It says, listen live, and of course, you can do the app also. Coming up a few minutes from now, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. To S&P 500 down 54. Futures with Stephanie Bell coming up at 825 in the morning. Bell, that's where she does business news, but it's not the boring old guy kind of business news. I'm one of those... And maybe John can relate. Not that I'm making an age thing, John, but a lot of times one of those when I seriously I hear business news and listen, I like to pay attention <laughs> to the money and stuff. But gosh, it's so boring sometimes. Really serious. Anytime that you or Houseworth <laughs> say John will relate or <laughs> Brandon will relate, it's always an age thing. It, you're right. Uh, sorry, John. My lawyer will be in touch. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but Stephanie, the way she does it, it's uh, it's just really cool. It's entertaining um, stuff. Someone once told me bored people are boring. So <laughs> I disagree that business <laughs> business news is boring. And whether we're talking about Elon or the iPhone or the latest fast food thing, it's fun. And that's why we do the morning bell, 825. Be here for uh, be here for that. So this is the one type of vehicle you do not want to use as a getaway vehicle. <laughs> a riding lawnmower. What's the oh, top man. speed on one of those things? Eight. <laughs> Let's see. Feet per minute. Not even eight miles an hour. I think you can soup them up, though, but this one was not. <laughs> you we can, I we think. saw some in the homecoming parade over the oh, weekend, yeah, actually. We yeah. Uh, I wonder, does anybody actually, and I thought about this, I did uh, motor yard yesterday, zero turn radius mower, and I'm thinking about our time at the parade <laughs> Saturday, and I'm thinking about the souped up lawnmowers that you see sometimes like at the county fairs, and I'm like, how cool would that be right now? To have one of those souped up ones, because right now it takes about 45, 60 minutes to do this. I bet I could have this done in like three and a half minutes with one of those (laughs) souped up riding mowers. Now, a quick Google search, you know, extensive research. Look it up. Says a tractor style riding mower typically has a max speed of about four miles per hour, (laughs) while a zero turn lawnmower has a typical maximum speed of seven to eight miles per hour. How fast can someone run on foot? Like you're you're better off on a scooter, right? (laughs) A skateboard or anything. By the way, incidentally, (laughs) Healy's in Tipton, which is kind of like in between Jeff City and uh, uh, Sedalia. Somebody was riding a hoverboard in traffic. Yeah, that was smooth. Yeah, what happened there? 
rode a hoverboard out in the traffic and got hit by a passing SUV. Mm. And I see that all the time. I was in Jefferson City Saturday. These pe- it seems, I might be stereotyping, but a lot of people that ride those scooters that you rent, like, uh, they think they're obl- uh, they think they don't have to, to follow traffic laws. Just so you know, that is not true. And right. it's hard to see, by the way. There was a hoverboard in the parade, too. So this dude, lawn cutting a job, went crazy. This is in uh, North St. Louis. A 29-year-old dude was unlo- unloading a commercial-grade lawnmower from his truck when he was approached. Dude got lawnmower jacked. Didn't get carjacked. Got lawnmower jacked. Yeah, the guy had a gun. Oh, God. Really? He almost got mowed over. <laughs> mowed down. Mowed down, yeah. Jumped on this dude's lawnmower, but then apparently left it. And they recovered the lawnmower, but they can't find the robber. Did they have to run the plates on it? <laughs> and how far? How far can you go? Like, how much gas? Like, if you're really trying to, because they said it was like three and a half miles away. Did it run out of gas? You can't go that far, right? And I'm wondering, the dude that got lawnmower jacked, like, do you give chase the dude? Because you can catch him. <laughs> I, I mean, what do you do? You stand there and go run alongside it. Like, Hello. And pick Bark. up your phone and call. Say, hey, I just got my lawnmower just got jacked. Uh, right now we're on Van Vetter and Seventh Street, North St. Louis. Uh, fa- he uh, had a gun, so I'm assuming that he stayed put. But uh, that's got to be a first, right? That's crazy. And then I guess apparently the robber figured out, hey, this ain't going that fast, man. <laughs> he was said to have been lasting, laughing his grass off. <laughs> Points coming up for John Marsh on a feel good Friday. Coming up seven ten. Scott Fawn, Missouri Times. This week in Missouri politics hosts uh, that television show.